Welcome to the Jolly Ever After podcast. We're your hosts, Steph Jolly and Neil Jolly. back to the podcast friends. So today's topic is a little more juicy and I know so many of you had requested this when we had polled, you know, what do you guys want us to talk about in the next few weeks? And I think um, it's really timely just um, with a lot of spouses uh, spending a lot more time together in (laughs) quarantine. Um, And, you know, in case you think Neil and Steph work couple goals or whatever people say, I kind of like laugh because it's like, we're just regular humans and, um, a married couple, like anyone else we argue a hundred percent. And that is sweet, by the way, when you guys do say that or have, that's really sweet, but definitely we are, we argue, Mm -hmm. we have disagreements. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've also done work in our marriage. You know, we did premarital counseling before we got married. And then we also did therapy together in our second year of marriage. We're on to almost year four now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just really helped us communicate better. Uh, for some background, Neil and I got married, moved in and started working together full time. And we were with each other at all times. And we still are. And we still are. Yeah. 24 we're, hours a day. We're kind of pros <laughs> now at this, but we had a lot of time together and I feel like maybe some couples are getting the taste of that now in quarantine, you know, working from home together and just the nature of stress, life, and a lot of togetherness can mm-hmm. bring up some of just a lot of stuff, you know? And then there was just a lot of nitpicking, I think, between us. And we just, yeah. we needed a little bit of clarity on just how to communicate better. So this is going to be a little bit about how we deal. And I want to kind of give also a little background of like just how Neil and I do kind of um, deal with our issues. So firstly, just us personally, not saying this is right or wrong. We're just kind of, again, sharing our experience today. We keep our issues primarily between us. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just feel like the more opinions that are involved, the more people are in your ear and the less it becomes about each other. And, you know, you just don't get to that resolution quicker, especially if it's like small things. And I'm not saying again, it's right or wrong. We just personally don't turn to family or friends in this regard, not saying there's anything wrong. Um, you should advise with people you trust. I just don't think it's helpful. You have, I think you have to look at who you're turning to. You know, if you're just constantly calling up a girlfriend, if you're calling up your guys and you're just kind of like complaining about your spouse and. But not turning to each other and resolving that. Or Mm -hmm. just taking them down. Like it's, I think if you're asking a valid, you know, like, what do you think about this? Or how can I be, you know, because that person is generally probably going to be biased with you. Yeah. And I think that there's a level of, you know, mentorship or even experience and looking for that in a couple that may be right. a little bit more seasoned or experienced. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit as well. But I do, I definitely hear what you're saying. And that's just something that we personally decided on, you know, even yeah. when we were pre-marriage in, yeah. in our relationship with conflict, always just, you know, really turning to ourselves, making sure that you and I are able to talk things out and mm-hmm. not let it get to a point where we needed more um, influence in our own res- resolution to right. to an issue. But right. I think it's definitely 
uh, on a relationship by relationship basis. There may be some yes. other couples that definitely may be a little bit more earlier uh, ahead of their marriage that may need uh, something or somebody to step in and have that influence, be mm-hmm. it a counselor um, that, like you just said, that we'd eventually did seek out mm-hmm. in our second year of marriage. So I think, you know, it's not to say that we've never consulted or never shared or never mm-hmm. whatever. Like it's just our friends just think we have a perfect marriage. No, we, obviously I'm like, no, of course. Like, you know, my girlfriend would be like, I had a day with my husband. I'm like I had a day with him too. Like, it's just, that's obviously like, that's how you do life with people. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not saying that we don't. Um, but I think when we're really like, when we're struggling with like communication or something really big kind of comes up or that kind of thing, I do think for us personally, we've found more benefit talking to our pastor, an older mentor, a couple, um, or counselor. I think that that's just seeking help is something we encourage. Your yeah. marriage hasn't failed because you needed to seek help. Exactly. It's a healthy, it's actually a health. And I believe this even for myself, cause I've done therapy just even for my own self, my mental health and my anxiety it's actually doing something to take care of your marriage. It's nurturing it. It's taking that responsibility and good care of the covenant that you've made. Mm -hmm. And so that's just something that we really believe in and and we really would encourage if you've ever considered it, um, but just think it's like something silly to do or like as if you're not getting a divorce because you saw a counselor. Like it's okay to just see them even if you're not like, wanting a divorce it but you just need help with just that breakthrough and Mm -hmm. that's what really helped for us we were never gonna break up and that's why we saw we had to go to a counselor now but we were just we weren't getting anywhere between the two of us with whatever we were kind of battling at that time we needed help and that's totally okay and i think this podcast isn't just for those that you know are married that are listening today but also those that are you know, currently dating and in a relationship with intentions to marry one day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those that are single as well and maybe are in a season in hopes of finding their match. And the reason is, is that really you carry all of who you are. So all of your habits, your core beliefs and values, you know, your wealth and your debt and everything in between into your marriage. And mm-hmm. so does your partner. So if you can establish a connection that allows you both to have an understanding of one another's communication styles and really refining what marriage looks like for each other, preferably ahead of marriage, that really sets your relationship and marriage up so, so well. And if you are married, then you know that it's choosing each other every day and learning more and more about each other every single day. So, you know, learning to serve one another and finding a middle ground with your partner in a variety of areas. You know, for Steph and I, we'd never lived together. Um, (laughs) You know, we'd been on trips together because of the nature of our work. Mm -hmm. But really, like you'd said, we essentially got married and got a place together, moved in together, renovated the place together. We chose to work together and become full partners in our full in our business Mm -hmm. essentially and it was a lot of learning really really early on and so you know you're choosing to serve one another every day and find a middle ground with your partner in a variety of areas so you know be it living space or even finances or something that we will get to which is you know boundaries with relationships you know Mm -hmm. close relationships like friends and and parents and siblings and so on and so forth boundaries are you know, something really, really important and understanding those boundaries as a couple really sets you up with 
everything mm-hmm. as it pertains to even your communication and hosting in home. And so what Steph and I have really learned in our three years going on four of marriage is, is that mitigating and resolving conflict in marriage is achieved with a loving and grace-filled approach where you continue to work towards, you know, bettering one another every day and is centered around why we fell in love in the first place and how God has been there every step of the way as our foundation so that this all stays to plan in that love and doesn't fall apart. And I know, Neil, you mentioned that we're going on four years of marriage, but we've actually been together as a whole for 12 years. Yes. So yes. even though we're young, we still have so much to learn and you know we're open to learning. Mm-hmm. I do think that like we grew up together, but we grew together. Yeah. We didn't like grow apart. We grew together um, through those definitive ages of like our teens and our twenties. So our relationship has changed how we'd argue in our, our dynamic. Teens yes. It's very oh. different. <laughs> and how we'd argue before Jesus and after Jesus Let's was not very remind different. Ourselves so, of that. <laughs> so obviously like, you know, if you've listened to our other episodes, you know, that we've had different challenges. We had an interracial relationship. Um, we came from two different faiths. Like we've had different challenges that have mm-hmm. set us up for not like, failure no but idea. it was yeah. it was things that we've we've had to work through just from growing up in different backgrounds and all that kind of stuff so now you're trying to fuse these two lives together and yeah so we had a lot so i know that for neil and i we believe um that marriage was god's idea mm-hmm. and i believe that marriage is very refining and it is used as a tool for God to like sharpen us. Yeah. And we're going to be sharing one of our favorite books that we read before we got married. Um, but these are just some of the tools that have helped us. And I want to, you know, pour grace on people that are listening that if maybe you've clicked this because you just had an argument with your husband or your wife and you're kind of, you're seeking answers, you know, and we get that, like we've been there and I hope that like this can be some of our tools or what we're sharing today can help you and encourage you um, and maybe set up some new ways. Again, maybe something that works for us doesn't work for you guys, yeah. but I think that these are pretty general enough and it might seem like common sense. And to Neil and I, like when we were sitting in therapy for the first time, I'm not going to lie to you, I was like, oh, she told us that? Like, oh, great. We all knew all that, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, I get, you know, sassy about it. It's like... um, Cause it's expensive and you're just like, I'm paying someone for this. But then now digesting it, even like weeks after I was like, oh, that woman was right. (laughs) She was right. And it's so true. Like, even though it seems like common sense and simple things that you could just maybe just Google, you don't need a therapist. Sometimes you do need someone to look at you both in the room and you both to look at each other and honestly, you know, feel that conviction or feel that like sense of like that turn to change mm-hmm. and treat each other better or communicate better and work on that together. Exactly. You know, having like a mediator. So these are some of the tips that have helped us. Neil's going to kick us off. Yeah. Um, we're just kind of go back and forth, share some tips and then um, some other insights. And what we learned from our therapy sessions with, you know, a professional, which was like you said, really important was that firstly, it was nice to have somebody else in the room to hear each other. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of what happens when we're arguing is, is that our voices become loud. It's very mm-hmm. possible that we only listen to our own voice. I've been guilty of that. And, you know, arguing my way through Steph used to call me a lawyer early on. Oh, and, yeah. and uh-huh. I know that <laughs> she can argue very well. 
And I come with maybe more structured arguments, but... And I come from a Macedonian house and how we communicate just in our general voice is just yelling at all times. <laughs> our voices are very loud. So, so suffice to say that our communication styles have been different. And, you know, we've learned to really work on that. And what we learned really early on in that, you know, second year of marriage where, you know, we were struggling with our communication and resolving conflict. It wasn't to the point where, you know, we got to a point where we are like, we hate each other and we want a divorce or anything like that. So there wasn't... That wasn't on the table That was No, exactly. But, you know, having rules of engagement is kind of what we are going to talk about today. And that is something that we learned and something that you just said, you know, hearing that from our therapist was just like, okay, like we know that already. Like this Mm -hmm. sounds Mm -hmm. so basic, but having both of us in agreement of these rules of engagement and have them front and center and, you know, constantly reminded Mm -hmm. because we're in agreement of this when we are arguing was so, so important. So I'm going to just read them through. Um, So no name calling right off the bat, no name calling and no swearing, no interrupting, you know, no blaming or accusations no yelling. So managing the tone of your voice. And Mm -hmm. that falls in line with, again, you know, listening to one another and really taking the time to allowing one another to speak. Um, No sarcasm or, you know, condescending comments, Mm. which... And we're not perfect. I'm looking over at Neil. We had had some conflict last week and I'm just kind of giving him an eye. We're We're going to keep it real. We're keeping it real. (laughs) And, you know, and then in that case, no defensiveness and which might come from, you know, pridefulness. So... Uh, lastly, no generalization. So, you know, you know, you always do a blank or you never do a blank. Mm-hmm. And so the generalizing, generalizing. Is, is, can be, can be really hurtful. Yeah. Um, and so those are a few, I think of the really top, top ones. And oh, I, you missed one. And I, I think it's directed toward me, which is no walking out without naming a follow-up I time. I mean, come on now. I didn't mean to I'm throw gonna that one in there, but on if blast, you're going to throw yourself, I'm kidding. When I'm very overwhelmed and I'm frustrated, I need to walk away. Mm-hmm. I need to just cool down. I need, cause if it just, ke- if it just keeps rising and rising and rising, it's just, someone's going to say something that they don't mean. And that's something even our pastor said, like, you know, when we were kind of talking with him about things, he was just like, you never want to get to that point where, because it's hard to take words back. That's mm-hmm. just the reality. Mm-hmm. So if you just know that like, it's better for you to walk away, but I do think what's really good about it is name a time of when you're going to follow up. So be like, Neil, I just need an hour. And we'll talk about this in an hour and mm-hmm. I need to just cool down or something like that. Cause then at least, you know, I'll come back and talk to you. But if I just like slam the door and walk out mm-hmm. kind of thing, that's, there's no follow-up time. You're kind of left in limbo of like what's going on or vice versa, right? Like if you walk out or something, so it's just not a positive way of engaging and there's just no resolve. It's going to go on for days. It's going to go on for hours and it's just going to, it's, it's a lot. So I think it's, it's fine if you need to take a step back. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Knowing your limits too, if you're going to get really angry or say something you're going to regret, mm-hmm. walk away. <laughs> yeah. Just take a second, acknowledge that, Hey, listen, I heard what you just said and I need an hour or I yeah. need a second. Like I need to just remove myself from this. We're going to talk about this. Don't feel like I just neglected what you just said. You know, reassuring your partner because 
like I said, a lot of in arguing it's, it is, you know, whose voice is being heard Mm -hmm. in that situation, that issue, whatever it is that's on the table. And you do want to, you know, signal to your partner that, Hey man, like I've listened to you and I've heard you, but I've got opinions too. And what might come out of my mouth or what I might do next might result in something Mm -hmm. that I might regret. So I am going to remove myself from this because of A, because of B, because of C. So whatever that reason is, and then like you said, providing a time and, you know, setting that time aside and saying, look, let's revisit this when I come back from my walk before Mm -hmm. I, you know, say something I'm a regret. So (laughs) Right. Um, Another thing that's super helpful, and it sounds silly, but um, talk when you're calm and sit down mm-hmm. when you're standing up apparently we're just naturally more fired up as human beings yeah um and that's something that she like told us to yeah, do i, I remember, remember she that. was like when you guys come back to talking fine if you need to walk away you don't want to say something you regret then when you do come and have a conversation come at it calm mm-hmm. but sit down and i noticed that's so true if i'm standing up and you're sitting down or you're standing up and i'm sit- i feel like we get into like a round two, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And it's just like, that's, it's just, it's not going to bring you to resolve. Um, so I know that sounds like a little silly thing, but if you're just, yeah. can both sit you're down You're more conditioned to, to True, walk away when you are standing. True. And it's the equivalent, uh, the equivalent of, you know, when you're in a car and you're having an argument, it's like, it's a lot of work to remove your seatbelt, <laughs> open the door, walk out, <laughs> slam that. No, fights. we've never had one never. of those ever. But you know, you get what I'm saying is, yeah. is it's, it's a, it's more work to remove yourself essentially from a seated position where you're stationary mm-hmm. than when you are standing up. So that made perfect sense. But again, something that we just, we never thought of right. and is, has been so helpful in really getting us to a calm right. place where yeah. we can obviously, you know, talk this over while in a seated position. And so what we want to get into is also a part of that. And when you are in a seated position and hearing one another out is being a good listener. And so taking turns and whatever the case may be in some situations, you know, Steph wants to take the charge and initiate that conversation or I do. And mm-hmm. sometimes, look, we, we know who might be the the one at fault or where the, the, the issue stems from. And if the issue is something, you know, that I said or I did or something that I want to approach and take mm-hmm. the initiative in, it's important for me to speak and also listen. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm going to initiate that conversation, I do want to hear Steph's thoughts. I'm going to approach it. And, you know, personally for me, I do want to be apologetic, empathetic, and really listen to what she has to say, but come from a place where, of course, I want to improve from this. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that this maybe, if it's habitual or if it's something that I've said that was really, really hurtful, that this doesn't leave my mouth again. And so hearing you and being a good listener and being attentive with your eyes, with your body language, you know, not rolling them off to the Mm -hmm. side, not turning away, but really staying present in the moment and allowing somebody to speak. You know, you can keep your Coles notes in your brain and on the side, you know, take your (laughs) jot notes like I do sometimes. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, she said that. Okay. But really (laughs) the idea there is, is that you really want to give the floor to one another And the idea is when you are resolving something, you want to reach a solution. If you're not there to reach a solution, then maybe you need more time. Yeah. And maybe when you initially said, hey, I'm walking away and I need an hour, then maybe you needed two. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not coming to the table to leave 
hand in hand, mm-hmm. um, you know, figuratively speaking. But ideally, that would be great as yeah. well if you left hand in hand and hug this out and sleep kiss each angry. other. And and exactly is is that you're not ready. And I think it's also really important to like it's. I mean, and I'm guilty of this as well. Is you know, not cutting each other off. So when you're listening, you're really listening and not because sometimes there's something where I just feel like, no, no, no he you're got it wrong. He got it wrong. Yeah. He got it wrong. What I just said. And yeah. I need to cut him off right now. So he doesn't continue lecturing me about this for the next 15 <laughs> minutes. And you just want to cut the person off. But I think that frustrates you just so much more and same vice versa. Like mm-hmm. if I'm speaking and you're trying to cut me off and I can't get the word out, just hear me. It's fine if you want to correct me after mm-hmm. and just be like, actually, no. And the other thing was, yeah, if you if there was if someone said you had a tone, ninety nine percent you had a tone. Mm-hmm. So saying like, no, I didn't sound like that. Now sometimes this could just be me and like my own European ways. Is sometimes I sound very harsh when I don't even mean to because it's just like my instant like reaction or just like I said it very like blunt I didn't say it like happy or like a certain tone and then it can throw you off and then it's like oh my gosh we have that misunderstanding mm-hmm. um but still apologize that if it came off that way even if you didn't mean it that yeah. way yeah. that you just are like oh sorry because it could be like something that I'm you know stressed about something else and then you ask me something and I sound very annoyed with you when you ask me something and then I'm like what like kind of like very abrupt yeah um and so just 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 hear the person out that you yeah, you probably had a tone if if they said you had a tone. And the other thing that um, I just kind of want to echo from what you were saying was, um, you know, if you're not coming to the table to resolve the issue that you need more time. Um, a lot of times, like as humans, we almost don't even want to start the conversation or something because we think it's going to be a conflict or we think it's going to be an argument. So we brush it under the rug mm-hmm. and don't want to deal with it. But it's going to keep coming up until you resolve it. So it's better to just handle it right away than avoid something. I feel like in the past, you or, you know, sometimes still on the present, like we're not perfect, like we're saying. Sometimes, you know, Neil will hold things in and kind of bottle it up and kind of give, you know, he's like, I'm giving you grace, I'm giving you grace, I'm giving you grace. But then it can really come out in a big way one day. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, the minute I'm frustrated with him, I'm like, Boom. Like, I just tell him like it is. Like, I don't do that thing of holding it and giving that that grace. I just am like very communicative in terms of like, if something is bothering me, Mm -hmm. he knows. Neil knows. I'm not good at hiding. If I'm frustrated or annoyed with him, he knows it. Mm -hmm. I definitely, either it comes out in some way. And I think it's a part of understanding one another's personalities. You know, for me, I'm more of the, I want to keep the day flowing. (laughs) You know, I want to be... You know, I'm just very much naturally an optimistic person. I also understand, you know, what your day looks like with, Mm -hmm. you know, my mind towards how you're feeling on any given day. What, you know, knowing that you are an anxious person, that any given day, there's a lot of things that, whether it's work-related or whether it's something else that is already on your plate, that Mm -hmm. if I do have any conflict with you, that I'm like, all right, I'm just going to give that some grace and I'm going to move forward. But yes, and not addressing that and even maybe to an extent even bottling it and Mm -hmm. holding on to it and then coming to it, you know, ahead where it's like, oh, I've got maybe five things over this past week. Yeah, and then it overwhelms me. It it would overwhelm you. So Mm -hmm. I think what we've found, at least for me, is like, okay, I understand that my consideration towards, you know, how your day's looking, how you're feeling and and so on and so forth with obviously knowing full well, like, hey, we got to show up every day 
and we've got to work together. <laughs> yeah. And then we, maintaining that relationship. There's not a whole lot of time to be upset with one another when you have to turn over to each other and be like, "All right, <laughs> you send that email." Like, Last you week, know. <laughs> Neil was up, we were upset, and he was just like. I need you to come and shoot my shoes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, and like, we just didn't speak. I, we, I just came, I did it, and I just left the room. And then I looked at her and I was like, thank, thank you. <laughs> but but I, sometimes it is that because the reality is, yeah, and that's another thing too because it can be so frustrating because mm-hmm. we know we have to work to, with each other and we see each other all the time. Some people can go out to their office or you know, they're doing their other things or they go to the gym where we're together so much. So, exactly. And but a little that can t- also bring up things more. Yeah. A little time away definitely helps. And so yes. whether that's a walk or whether that's, you know, you going off into your office and, you know, me going into mine and us working separately and coming mm-hmm. back to each other. But like I said, what I found, you know, with regards to the idea of, you know, bottling things up or even holding some things that I found, oh, I've given her grace for that. And this has happened in the week and so on and so forth is uh, taking that time and allocating some time and saying like, hey, I just want to talk to you about something that happened earlier this week or this or that. Is this a good time? Instead of waiting for three, four, five, six, not to say that there are six things in the week that bother me about you or so on, but you know, really, no, don't go there. That's not true. But what I'm saying is, is instead of letting those things really pile up, which for me in the past they have, I've let things really pile up and then it's overwhelming for you. Mm-hmm. And that's just not, it's not setting me up or you up in resolving a conflict because there's too much. It's like, what yeah. do you address you feel first? So, well, you feel really attacked when that comes because yes. it's like, oh my gosh, he's just been like watching me and... Yeah, like, taking note of all these and things. And for me, I, I can look at you and be like, well, don't play victim. Like, I'm telling you all these things. Yeah. And for you, it's like, well, no, you're not addressing one thing. You're talking about two, right. three, four things at once. And so it's really, really staying on topic. Exactly. Because um, I think bringing up the past is just, it's counterproductive. And bringing up other issues that just confuses the original issue at hand. Like, find another time to discuss and solve that unresolved mm-hmm. anger or issues. But adding them on and piling them on doesn't help to get anywhere with the current issue at hand, you know, so staying on topic is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing, you know, and this is something Neil and I say to each other, you know, when we're being a little pissy, you know, and we need to just kind of get on the same page, um, is that we're on the same team, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's not a hashtag team Team jolly. Jolly. Yeah. Team jolly. Um, but that's the reality. Like it's not you against me or me against you. Like mm-hmm. we're working for the same team and we've we, got the same goals. We got the same goals, yeah. the same vision. Um, which stems from, you know, really establishing that in our marriage. Right. The fact is, is that we are working towards common goals and then we're also working towards bettering one another, allowing mm-hmm. one another to grow right. and supporting one another to you know, achieve those things that as a individual we want to achieve, but also as a couple. And so that goes the same for when we are in a conflict. The idea is, and the common goal is, we want to get out of this achieving a common ground mm-hmm. and understanding grace and appreciation from where one another is coming from, and eventually a solution. Totally. Um, we love to borrow quotes on our podcast, and I saw this, um, and I loved it. It's uh, from Wilford A. Peterson, and um, he said, the art of marriage is discovering what marriage can be at its best, 
happiness in marriage is not something that just happens. It has to be created. It's standing together facing the world. It's speaking words of appreciation and demonstrating gratitude in thoughtful ways. It's not looking for perfection in each other. It's cultivating flexibility, patience, understanding, and a sense of humor. Mm. And I love that. And you know, I think we really believe that too. When it just gets all too much, we when we hold each other's hands and we just say same team, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you are. It's not always easy. Things come up. And honestly, two people with two different upbringings and past, you know, you, ha- you bring your own unresolved stuff to the table with mm-hmm. any relationship, with friendships, with marriages, with parental, all that stuff, oh, yeah. right? We all have our stuff that we have that we carry with us. Um, and when you get together and you stick those two people or those things together and you try to make a life, you know, of course, sometimes you get lost mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you lose your way and you fall from grace and there's conflict. That's just what the reality is. For um, sure. Jesus for us is our compass and our reminder to be grace filled with each other, be forgiving and just decide to love. And I think it really turned for us in our relationship. Again, still not perfect, still need Jesus, still need grace. But I think the way we used to argue when we were teenagers in our 20s, also that comes with maturity and time and growth. It was still one of those things that like, I think it was, there was pride. There was a lot of pride about saying sorry and who's gonna, you know, come to say sorry first and the ego and just a lot of that stuff, that unforgiveness or just kind of bringing up the past and just not staying present Mm -hmm. and um i think you know kind of as we grew in our faith and we both came to know jesus more and just learning more about that and just how life-changing that is and freeing Mm -hmm. it started really just improving our relationship so much more i can only say that it's we've benefited from that so He's definitely our favorite marriage counselor, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. (laughs) And we've been on the same team since. And I think, you know, in addition to that quote, another resource that we have in one of the books that I think you mentioned a little earlier from Timothy Keller, and I think we've talked about this in in another podcast as well, is The Meaning of Marriage, which is a book that we both read uh, individually ahead Mm -hmm. of being married. And, you know, Steph and I plucked two quotes that we absolutely love. And and here's the first one that I think pertains to our topic today really, really well. In any relationship, there will be frightening spells in which your feelings of love dry up. And when that happens, you must remember that the essence of your marriage is that it is a covenant, a commitment, a promise of future love. So what do you do? You do the acts of love despite your lack of feeling. Not only get through the dry spells, but they will become less frequent and deep, and you will become constant in your feelings. This is what can happen if you decide to love. That's so good. That's so good. I love that. I love Tim Keller. That book really, I think, really set the intention for us um, Mm -hmm. going in and was just like a really good reality check of what marriage really is and the meaning of it and everything um, and how it pertains to our beliefs. Um, You know, I come from a family that has seen many divorces, unfortunately. My parents are still together, but many in my family have come from broken relationships or families. Um, And I do think, you know, even though divorce is heartbreaking, I do think that that was the healthier decision for those couples personally um, with those circumstances that they were dealing with. Obviously, very different circumstances. 
for Neil and I, when we got married, we definitely knew we weren't perfect, but we were on the same page, I think, with a lot. Um, and But even being on the same page, marriage comes with issues. We're, all relationships come with issues. It's, it's hard for couples um, that don't even have that major conflict. Mm-hmm. So... It can even be harder, you know, when you have unresolved traumas or abuse or infidelity and stuff like that. And that's kind of like, we're not going into that. We, that's not been our personal experience in our relationship or marriage. Um, and that would be like a different resource. Again, that is when I would definitely highly recommend, you know, seeking professional help and counseling um, and then making just peripheral decisions based on what's best for you. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that coming from a background and seeing a lot of that, I think it was important just even before getting married, really being extremely mindful and responsible with the with the partner I'm choosing. Yeah. Um, and I think I thought about it really seriously when we were dating and we were dating with intention to get married. Mm-hmm. We were kind of like acting like we were married even when we weren't married though. Yeah, you know? treating and one like, another like we are married. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. In terms of like, just that respect and consulting each other and, you know, uh, keeping things more between us and dealing with our conflict and really like being on the same page and developing certain ways and, and certain parts of ourselves that we wanted to grow in. Um, and sharing decision-making, which, you know, and throughout our teens and moving into our college years and eventually opening businesses together that we were really making decisions and really consulting one another and how Mm -hmm. we feel about those things, you know, And I know one of the things that I did talk about a little earlier was even boundaries and making sure that, you know, even the people that are around in my life that you're comfortable with, relationships Mm -hmm. that you have, I'm comfortable with, and, you know, really carrying that out and finding a middle ground with, you know, relationships or even our time and how we spend it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our particular hobbies and interests, where our core beliefs are and our values. And as we continue to, you know, really align those in faith, that made such a huge difference. So totally. for us, obviously, and for you particularly seeing that, that is, you know, divorce. So, so much more close, closely, I'd say in, mm-hmm. in your, in your family and extended mm-hmm. family, I think that that was something that obviously you did really stress mm-hmm. towards me and mentioning, you know, like if we're doing this, we're getting married and this means full <laughs> commitment. And I was fully on board. And I think that for me, you know, especially in my the culture that I'm from divorce is something that's really frowned upon that's mm-hmm. just culturally right. um and while like you said there are which I don't variety. think is always correct either because no. if someone's yep. in a very abusive marriage I hear you it's yeah. so like frowned upon and I was and just I was just about to say that and yeah. I was about just about to say like everybody's circumstance is very different it can be unsafe it can be very unsafe and I understand that like I said there are people that you know, have situations that don't look the same as you and I, you know, mm-hmm. they haven't known each other for the amount of time that we've known each other, right. or they haven't, um, you know, really took the time, whether it was professionally seeking that help, um, or not. And so I do understand that everybody's situation is different. Um, but coming from a place, like I said, of really establishing that early on for us, I feel like that really, really made a difference. And, I do think, you know, going forward, um, I do want to touch on a little bit of, you know, how do we mitigate some of these things, you know, before we even get to conflict where, 
you know, you and I are in a room and we're at a head with one another, you know, what are we looking for? What are those trends? Because is this happening when we haven't taken the time, like mm-hmm. a date night, like mm-hmm. once in the week? Or is this happening? Overwhelmed with yeah. work or what, Like what is stress. the root cause totally. of what really you know, tick stuff off and really ticks Neil off. You know, it doesn't have to be about one another because sometimes really it isn't about you. It's just like I'm having a really crappy day mm-hmm. and a lot of things that I maybe intended for my day to go as I thought or envisioned mm-hmm. hasn't gone that way. You know, who knows what happens? And there are times where, you know, I've taken things out or you've taken things out too for from sure. a really bad day. So there are situations where, you know, we're in conflict and it has nothing to do with one another and how we have behaved or even, you know, things we've said towards each other, but it was something else. And so what are those things and really taking time to understand those trends? Because I feel like a large part of where eventually we do get to conflict and where conflict does, you know, come into play is that there's a process in getting there. Mm -hmm. And I think that while it is healthy to, you know, manage your, feelings and approach the solution because that is the idea through arguments and arguing um that it does follow like we said the rules of engagement but it is really important that if you are going to get to a point of where you are going to discuss and really come to the table about that conflict like where what's the trend there and so it's really just important to really understand you know what what are those trends mm-hmm. and that's really good and if we have to take time to to go on a date because mm-hmm. I'm overwhelmed and for me... Or you need to go hang out with a friend. Yeah, or... Because you haven't exactly. seen a friend yeah. or you haven't, you know, you know, whatever, exercise or I don't mm-hmm. know, something like that. I think, yeah, like last week, I, honestly, I think just all of life came crashing down. Like just so many months of just like the frustration of just being displaced, your foot, you know, just the circumstances we're in this pandemic. Like it's just frustrating. We're all under so much stress. Yeah. There's work. There's just, it's a lot, you know, there can be external stuff happening in family with friendships, with your boss is treating you. So I don't know, just everybody has external stress too from Mm -hmm. the outside world. Um, and it can just really get to you. And yeah, like who do you usually like lash out on the people closest to you? Yeah. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think you know, there has to be a better way of how like we manage our stress levels. And yes, having like bringing in a little bit more of that, um, those rhythms that we were talking about in the quarantine and chill episode of just like having that variation and that, I don't want to say balance because life is never balanced, but you know, giving yourself time to rest, giving yourself to be creative, giving yourself time to connect with friends. Like if it's just you and your person all the time, you're going to argue. Yeah. Like there's just, you're going to find reasons you're gonna find to reasons. argue. You're going to nitpick. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think that that's really important. And just even like certain things that like, I remember when we were in that session, she was like, well, when do you guys shut off work? And like, we just had unhealthy work schedules. Like we were working at all these crazy hours. Like we didn't just like shut off at five and then like, you know, start cooking and just enjoy and wind down for the night. Yeah, so yeah. how could we ever wind down? And then we're so wound up. Mm-hmm. So that was like, we started changing things. Then we started like being like, okay, five o'clock. And then maybe like we'd make dinner, we'd chill, we'd have a good dinner kind of thing. And then we'd either watch a movie, cuddle on the couch, go to sleep. Or even if we had dinner, at least that was our connection point. And then if you needed to do a little bit work from like, you know, eight to 10 PM or something like that, the rest of the night, yeah. you, you got to do that because the reality is we work for ourselves. We do have to 
we have extended hours, but we needed those boundaries for our own relationship and our own work and all that other good stuff. Exactly. And this is for all of our married couples that, you know, work together, you know, finding (laughs) that time and really, you know, I come from a background where I've worked the nine to five in an Mm -hmm. office, corporate role, corporate job. And for me, setting a meeting and that doesn't mean you know sending your wife a meeting invite and and really like structured like 1 p.m to 2 p.m we're going to be in such and such i'm just saying you know sending setting up a time a coffee date so whether that's once a week you know we really started that and tried doing that more and more when we exactly and now we do it while we're indoors and hit up the keurig and you mix yourself (laughs) some tea and we sit down and that we got to talk and and otherwise a lot of that a lot of the work that we have on an ongoing day and ongoing basis you know is that email center is are you handling that or you know are you editing that neil and so on and so forth you know we need touch points throughout the day otherwise our dinners can easily become our business meetings and that's yeah. just it's not fun and like mm-hmm. I, and i think you already mentioned this it just it doesn't allow us to turn off so for us we've really practiced that and that you know, this is for all of our couples that are listening right now that currently work together or even maybe aspire to work we together. We can totally do another uh, episode on that. Like, yeah. I feel like we have so much to talk about working with your spouse. Yes. We have let a lot us to know. Th- let us yeah, know let if us you guys want to hear guys. something like that and an opinion or I guess just our own first hand experience with that because yep. it's, it hasn't always been pretty and there's definitely... No. And it's not for everyone. I'm yep. going to tell you right now that... Mm-hmm. Don't force something if it really isn't good for your relationship to work together. Yeah. Don't don't force it. Yeah. Then and don't hire some if if like your husband is your photographer, then hire a student or an intern to do your photography. If you guys are arguing over I know that's like a big like blogger issue, like people taking photos and like getting upset with their spouse or whatever of how they took their photo or whatever. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, but we have, we used to have arguments back in the day. Be like, yeah, no, we not used like to, this. yeah. Cause I think understanding our creative vision, <laughs> uh, like mine would be different from yours, but so I think funny. why it worked for us. And I think, we, yeah, we can definitely talk about this in a different podcast, but just real quick. Like I think why it worked for us, uh, specifically around taking photos and the whole, you know, blogger thing that you're mentioning is, <laughs> That I actually enjoy photography and it's something that I am now. I take on full time as a photographer. So for us, it kind of naturally fell into place. Mm -hmm. And so... But you weren't always. But I wasn't always. No, for sure. And so for us, it was something that came organically and wasn't forced. So Mm -hmm. if that is something that you aspire to do together, and I honestly do believe, like I firmly believe that it's so much more fun and accomplishing something together um, than doing it alone. But like, it's not for everyone, like you said, but it's just, it's so much more that's fine. Like I know people that their husbands just don't they, they're like, no, I just don't want to do the photography for yeah, you. And yeah, they understand totally it and they hire someone and it's better for their relationship. So mm-hmm. it's just knowing what you need to do. That's just a one silly little example. Exactly. That just takes us right into the jolly three of today that mm-hmm. I did want to start off with something that we just talked about, which is, you know, taking the time to really set a date up, whether it's for a coffee date or if it's a some time that you've set aside for a date night, if that's a Friday that works in your schedule, if it's a Wednesday, mm-hmm. if it's a lunch date, whatever that that time looks like for you and your spouse, um, it's super important because yeah. getting out of your own four walls really does make a big difference for your overall psyche. I know mm-hmm. it has for us. Again, mm-hmm. we come 
from working together full time. But even when we didn't, and I would come home for the time I was still working, you know, in my previous job in a corporate role where you were at home, I would come to you after work after 5pm. It was like, yeah, like it was it was nice for you to leave the home. Let's go out for dinner. So mm-hmm. I th- also like you can sometimes think that the other person is in your head because you spend so much time. That was like one of the things for us, right? Like mm-hmm. for communication, having these checkpoint dates for us was so important because I assumed that you were thinking what I was thinking or you knew what was going on in my mind. Yeah. And then or I, that you communicated I, things or that I communicated it to you, but then I realized that I didn't. Yeah. But it, it's just, it's something so simple like that, but even just like, Hey, like check in with your heart. Like, what what does my spouse need you know Mm -hmm. like does he need more time where we're just gonna go watch a movie or you know cook together or just do something fun and it's you know just to kind of like take a break or do i need like am i struggling with something am i really feeling anxious about something all week and i haven't told you about it and it's coming out in different ways and like we need to kind of like talk about that and like so it's just really good i think for us and so the first of the jolly through is really about setting yourself up in ways where you can continue to really express how you have fun together and continue to do things that allow one another to really whether it's you're taking your mind off work or taking your mind off whatever it is that was happening in your day and really connecting with one another. So that is the first of the Jolly Three. And that moves us into the second of the Jolly Three, which is something that we did talk about already, which is, you know, really identifying those trends, whatever it is that, you know, constantly is coming up. If there is something that is constant in your marriage with conflict, what is that? And, you know, trying to really speak to it and identify it and really trying to find a resolution around that. Yeah. And I think also just taking that responsibility to manage that and handle that better and not use them as a punching bag or taking things out on them and finding the tools that are going to be good for you to help you manage your stress or how you're you know, taking everything on or what you're feeling overwhelmed about and just communicating that. Then the last uh, of the Jolly Three was we said that we plucked two Timothy Keller quotes. This was the second one that I loved. And I just want to end the episode on this because it's one of my absolute favorites. And gosh, it's just, it's just so pure. Um, Mm -hmm. So it says this, when over the years, someone has seen you at your worst and knows you with all your strengths and flaws, yet commits him or herself to you wholly, it is a consummate experience. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known but not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel, I do feel fully known and truly loved by you and you love the mess. You love the no makeup days and the days that I get myself <laughs> together. You love my flaws. You love my anxiety. Well, I don't think you love me having anxiety, but you love me through all of my, the things that I've had to struggle with. Um, you love me when I am pissy and moody and you do, you just, you, but you've seen me in all of the States. You've seen me at my highest and my lowest and you know, you see me at my worst and you still love me and you commit to me. And I would say I do the same thing for you. hundred <laughs> percent. You've loved me through all of life's ups and downs and you've seen me grow through my teenage years, my twenties, and we're entering our thirties and 
I mean, we've really, really continued to choose one another every day. And this is something that, you know, again, sitting in therapy was something that was so core at the center of it is reminding each other why you love each other Mm -hmm. every single day, you know, centering yourself again and going, Hey, why do I even love this Mm -hmm. person? Yeah. They ask you like really raw questions that you don't always ask yourself or like, cause over time you just get so used to or comfortable in a relationship, um, that you forget your why, or you forget those reasons and you need to be reminded and you need to hear them out loud and you need to say it to each other. And I think that's so important. Exactly. And it keeps that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's so good that we're ending this on a, on a good positive note, but I feel like when you do push through and again, we're talking about just the everyday kind of annoyances and that kind of thing. I'm not talking about pushing through something very dark and abusive and that kind of thing it's a regular kind of relationship that has its ups on the day to days on the day-to-days of the conflicts of day-to-days yeah, just yeah that, i guess the, you could describe i guess that kind of thing you know it gets sweeter as mm-hmm. you keep pushing through and like i'm sure there are times i mean there's never been a time that i've looked at neil and said like oh, i want to just divorce him there are times i don't like him <laughs> i love him <laughs> But I don't like it. I was just about to say, after this episode, I'm going to make you dinner. We're going to have a romantic <laughs> evening. But there, it's just the Light reality. A candle. That's the reality, we right? We could connect, but I don't know. No, but that's just, it's never been on the table for me. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, I've always just wanted to push through and push through, even when it was just hard or you just, you're struggling. Yeah, um, because as I feel all like couples do. on all of those stages or all of those seasons, it's only made things sweeter because we've learned and grown yeah. from those seasons. Like there were seeds planted in each of those seasons that we've seen bear fruit yeah. year over year, even when we were dating and now into our marriage. And so I think as you push through, if it is something that you can, and really, it's all about, you know, not getting to the point where there's a hardening of your heart, mm-hmm. um, where you can't get over something that is just at the core of something that is extreme. And for everybody, that looks very different, mm-hmm. uh, very, very different. But um, for us, like I said, we've pushed through through a lot of things and it's yeah. been really rewarding. And so we're only speaking from our own personal experience, but I'm going to still make you some dinner tonight. <laughs> We're still going to connect. me, okay. Exactly. Okay. Which is important, okay. by the way. Men, make your wife dinner, you know, do something romantic. For me, <laughs> that's how I connect and I need that, you know. Yeah. Have, you know, connect physically if you have to. Oh, do the, gosh, come on. Neil, that's another hey, conversation that we won't be come having Come on, right we got now. it. We're married, so. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, we're going to end it there before this podcast takes another turn into something that it's not, okay? Um, but thank you guys, as always, for yes. tuning in, listening. We hope that this was a helpful podcast for you guys today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, give yourself grace. All of us argue we're not perfect people. Mm-hmm. Um And I just hope that this kind of gives you some tools or some helpful tips of what's helped us or worked for us. Like I said, we just argued last week. So Mm -hmm. it's going to, we're going to argue next week. Like it's just, that's, that's marriage. That's life. That's relationships. Um, but we just hope that this has encouraged you. And if it did, we'd love to see it. Uh, if you share it on social, definitely tag us either Steph Steriovsky at Neil Jolly at Jolly Ever After Podcast. We love seeing you guys listen to it and share it on stories. It literally makes us 
so happy and so excited. I know I do the same spiel at, at the end of every episode, but this never gets old. Just, no, it doesn't. You know, it's so nice connecting. connecting. It's so nice connecting with you guys. Totally. And just like hearing, you know, what they have to say or what they thought about it. It just, it sometimes, you know, you can just feel like you're talking to just each other in this microphone, but that connection piece is so important for us. And we just love that community. So thank you so much. Um, if you really liked it and want to leave us a review that always helps us be able to reach just more audience. And we absolutely love reading those and we repost them and share them and it just makes our day. Um, so that is it for us today. You know how we're going to end it. Jolly's Jolly out. out.